survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray. Welcome to Now That's What I Call Survival Horror, our series on the music of Resident Evil. And in this edition, we'll be talking about the soundtrack for Resident Evil Code Veronica. I'm joined by Sherwin. Hey. And uh, this time around, I've bitten the bullet. These are my choices. I'll be talking about my top 10 picks from the Code Veronica soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it's it's not easy, but I, I've I've... I've done it. I've attempted to do it. It's a game that I always rank quite highly, and I know show in your opinion differs from mine, as we talked about in our podcast mm. on the game itself several months ago. But something that we both, all, all of us, agreed on is that the soundtrack for this game is very, very strong. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what your opinions are of the picks that I've made, as well as everyone listening out there. As usual, this is all about subjectivity these are my personal top 10 picks so hit up the comments let me know what you venomously disagree with what i missed off what definitely didn't deserve to be as high up as it is so on and so forth uh cool so well without any more delay let's roll right into it from 10 down to one number 10 is murderous eyes So this is, it's not a cheat. I wouldn't call this a cheat. This is not like background music as you know it. This is a piece of music that plays in a cutscene, which is not something that has come up too much before. Uh, this is the scene where Alexia sort of reveals herself by walking down the big staircase. Uh, it's the very grand organ-led track. Uh, it's very much part of Code Veronica's European Gothic aesthetic that it's going for. Musically, this is where it stands out perhaps more than anywhere else in the entire soundtrack, in fact. Um, and it's a big moment for the game, obviously, because we've had all these twists and turns with Alfred sort of reading about Alexia, wondering if she's real, discovering that it's actually Alfred, discovering that there is another Alexia. Um, so it feels like a big moment. Um, and Code Veronica has a lot of like big moment music, but this one isn't action-packed or particularly gratuitous. Um, I feel like this is just under the line of not being too much. It's uh, quite a somber melody. It's quite ethereal, which is obviously suitable for Alexia, who's mysterious and all-powerful. She's just come out of cryogenic sleep for the first time in 15 years. Um, this is a bit of headcanon, but for me, this music is pretty much what plays in Alfred's head when he thinks about Alexia it's fealty it's majesty uh, and of course it's probably going to come up a few times but this is one of the tracks that uses the leitmotif of Code Veronica the sort of lullaby uh, music box theme that's going to crop up several times so I guess in a way it's good to kick off the top 10 with one that features that prominent theme. I think uh, I like the way that your head canon is the same as Alfred's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I so it's cool. I, I like this track. I think um, what's really interesting to me is how much it feels a lot like the intro to the uh, to the final boss of Final Fantasy Nine. Mm. Um, I kept on expecting it to suddenly just kind of launch into that sort of um, into that sort of pulsing bass line. Yes. Uh, that they kind of threw into that and really sort of uh, throw itself into that. But it's cool. I, I I think I think the Code Veronica soundtrack really shines the most when it's kind of layering in those gothic overtones you mentioned. And this 
you're right. This is this is one of the big tracks for that, or at least this is one of those areas where you can really see that uh, see that sort of really developing through. So yeah, it, it's a great choice. Um, it's I can't. Yeah, it's just solid. It's it's going to come up a few times, but it's like we when you look at the games that came before it, we didn't mm. have like church organ and stuff in Resident Evil. That was kind of unheard of. Um, so it's yeah, it's just one of those where it's like, oh, this is a completely different palette to pick from. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, there's a few of them definitely, but the next one um, is much more back to sort of classic Resident Evil, which is number nine is Deja Vu. rather appropriately titled track um, that accompanies the player arriving at what looks too much like the Spencer Mansion. Um, every time I hear this music, it makes me wish that I could play Code Veronica fresh again and get that feeling of stepping into, oh no, not this place again. Um, and the music's very suitable, I think, for two reasons. For one thing, um, this moment of the game, I think, is about visual impact more than musical impact um, because... Yeah, you, you, you recognise, if you've played the original game, you recognise this place. So you don't necessarily need to be overwhelmed by music. So it's it's a little bit understated. It's a little bit simpler than some of the other other stuff on the soundtrack. Uh, but it does kind of draw a bit more from the past. It's very simple. It's really just three things going on. Um, your, your classic horror, long, drawn-out strings. Uh, you've got like a, a melody going on underneath on something like a cello. And then there's this piano that just kind of bounces around the higher notes mysteriously and then goes right down to the bottom for what might be the most threatening low keys I've ever heard in a piece of music. Just the way it just sort of like clangs off the piano. Yeah, there's not much to it, but it always stood out to me. Uh, Even when like trying to go through the entire soundtrack and just pick 10, it was difficult for me to overlook this one, which was kind of surprising. Hmm. I um, yeah, I I probably would have put this higher to be honest. I I really like the feel of of this track. I think the the part for me that really works, and I agree with everything you said. Um, I think the part for me that really resonates with this is it has such a wonderful family feel with the rest of the Resident Evil soundtracks that have gone before. Um, right. it just yeah. really it just really feels at home. Like whether it's kind of yeah, it, it's it's such an evocative nod back to what we've seen before like yeah we've seen some of those low notes when you've been exploring the rpd building or mm. we've seen some of those um, more traditional horror elements when yeah you're looking at um re1 or whatever else yeah it's it's i haven't really got much that i can add to this beyond what you've said really it's just a really really solid track but it works so effectively and i think that's part of what its charm is i think it's interesting because i suppose they could have always just picked a piece of music from the original game and just remade it so i think it's interesting mm. i guess that they wrote something original that's in as to say the sort of the same vein well i wouldn't call it <laughs> a wonderful family feeling when you're talking about code veronica <laughs> wonderful family feeling is not the uh <laughs> yeah I, 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 I think, uh, yeah i i think perhaps we're kind of cross purposes there when we're talking about that <laughs> yeah all right number eight is going to go in a different direction at least number eight is putrid smell 
So this kind of reminds me of our conversation about stuff like Concrete Bound, the really mm. dark atmosphere parts of Resident Evil. It, it's it's that turned up. Um, it's dark. It's dirty. It's swirling and tense. These, it's got the um, sort of lurking percussion in the background somewhere that's been learned through other soundtracks as we just said re2 had a lot of that kind of thing um code veronica's got a lot going on in it which is sometimes some of the reasons why people don't like it uh it's quite it's 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 less of an understated game it's quite big it's quite action focused in places obviously it's it's got its heroic moments it's got sad moments i don't think it's out of the the older series of games of that era if you like i don't think it's the standout horror title I think horror has less of a focus than some of the earlier games. Definitely not not quite as tense. Um, it's not quite as grim as something like Survivor with the kidnapped children files that you can read about and all the experiments. But this area with the doctor performing all kinds of strange experiments, presumably whilst Alfred watches in glee, uh, that is definitely the darkest part of Code Veronica. And yeah, the, just the tone of this theme stands out for that. It's very it's suitably unnerving for one of the creepiest parts of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, agreed. And this this is a sort of track that, weirdly, is, is definitely my jam when it comes to Resident Evils. Um, I, I very much appreciate when we have tracks like this. But what I think is most interesting for me when I listen to this is it sounds so much like... Um, it, it, it sounds so much more of a nod forward, in a weird way, to what would... Uh, evolve out of the Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil remake and Resident Evil Zero. Yeah, um, they're very, very close. To, it's very, very close to the sort of traditional sound that, if you think of those soundtracks, what you have there. So this, in, much like when you know we looked at Deja Vu and we said, "Well, I said, well, you know, it's got nice nods going backwards." This one, weirdly, is almost like the foundation for what would mm. come afterwards, which I really like. Yeah, and I suppose as well with um, Code Veronica. It being a step up in generation from the PS1 to the Dreamcast and obviously the PS2 afterwards, you've got just a little bit more room to move in terms of what what the soundtrack could do and sort of like the depth of those sounds and stuff. Um, yeah. I see, definitely see what you mean. It's it's sound font wise, it's more in line with remake and zero, which obviously would only come two years later. Yeah, I hadn't thought that, but you're absolutely right. Number seven. Get a bit more action packed. This is Theme of Tyrant Type B. Yeah, Code Veronica's funny because there's so many sort of like tricks in its storytelling that no player should absolutely fall for, uh, and so many people probably did. Like the moment where Alfred's identity is exposed and you're leaving the self-destructing island and you're fighting a tyrant. Kind of feels like this is probably the end of the game because you're fighting a tyrant, right? And you've reached the end of Alfred's story, but you're (laughs) so far off. This is not even halfway, really. Uh, But this boss theme it could have been a suitable final boss uh, it's definitely suitable for this crazy set piece of fighting a tyrant on a plane which is still <laughs> when i say it, it sounds ridiculous um and much in the way that deja vu kind of felt like a callback this is kind of like a callback as well i we talked a little bit about sort of organ and there's there's a few other instruments that are going to come up uh, and sound ideas in code veronica that stand out more than anything else 
Code Veronica soundtrack doesn't use a whole lot of brass, I noticed. Not as a sort of like leading thing. That was very much more uh, RE2 and stuff like that. Which I don't know if it was done intentionally or not. I imagine possibly so. But this theme does have a lot of brass in it, which kind of feels like uh, a reflection on what Claire has gone through previously with RE2. Considering she's facing off with the tyrant again, if she arguably did or didn't do that in Raccoon City. Um, and the whole thing's, yeah, super panicky, as it should be. It's a very confined and dangerous situation. You've got this military snare roll underpinning the whole thing, which is just relentless. It very much feels like you have to kill this thing or it's game over, literally. Mm. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it, how much some a couple of, like we saw in some of the earlier Resident Evils, um, and ultimately, let us not forget, brass. Reliance upon brass is what led us to clowns in a basement. But... Um, it, you you kind of find that element is very much more of an Eastern, almost even Japanese kind of approach to to how you have uh, some action scenes and how you have some sort of build up of majesty and build up of everything else. Whereas, I think I think Code Veronica is interesting because it really does break from a lot of that um, and sort of really go towards a much more European Gothic sound, like we mentioned. But outside of that, as a just a random observation, one of the things I think that's that's most telling about this, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of this particular track because purely because this is kind of the elements of, of Veronica that I'm not a big fan of sometimes. But but what I think is really interesting is it's the it's the it's the military snare you mentioned. Like some of that stuff is it goes to show just the level of thought that and, and detail that has gone into what making this soundtrack and thinking about this game has been. That perhaps perhaps people might not necessarily notice the first time through when they're playing it. It's only when you actually listen to the track and you kind of pick these things up. If you think about the area of the game that you're escaping and what you're actually doing, you know, even the you know, what you're actually on when you're actually looking at the plane and your surroundings and so on, it's really, really good for introducing that that feel to what it's supposed to be there. But at the same time, like it, it just plays out very organically and very nicely. It doesn't feel unwelcome or feel forced upon you. It's just an underlying thing that's used to build the tension and create this sense of urgency but at the same time is intensely flavorful, which I really, really like. That's so true, actually. I didn't even necessarily think of it that way because, yeah, this is the military training dummy tyrant with the with no <clears throat> claws. He's, he's built for military training. So, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I didn't even think of that, but you're totally right. Number six is, uh, speaking of characterful, uh, Pandora's Box. So this is um, kind of like Putrid Smell in a way. It's it's creepy in totally different ways than anything that the series has done before. It's kind of... I couldn't think of any other better way to describe it than... It's kind of playful. It's got this harpsichord sort of instrument that's darting all the way around it. But it's very sinister. Again, the traditional long, slow, echoing strings that we saw in Putrid Smell and some of the music of the older games... Um, but it it's very yeah characterful. It's it the, where this music takes place is incredibly apt for what's going on in the song. Again, um, the secret attic room that sort of connects the Ashford bedrooms. It's got all the toys in it. It's got the big sort of carousel thing. It makes you wonder if these kids were 
ever really sort of normal, innocent kids. You know, they were, we know they've been feeding dragonflies to ants since they were quite young, so that's slightly uh, disconcerting to begin with. But of course, there's continually this sort of in, insinuation of uh, a relationship more than brother and sister, and this room is a big part of that, sort of like this secret room that connects where they sleep. It's, it's very odd. Um and the music sort of reflects all of that somehow. The sort of strangeness, the sinisterness, the playfulness. And it's got these bell chimes in it as well, which I think are just a great effect for setting the location as well, as you just sort of mentioned with the military base. They just remind you that you're at the top of this big, large Gothic building, this big stone tower sort of cut off from the rest of the world. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. This is definitely a fun track. I. One interesting thing to me that occurs listening to this, and I again, I, I agree. With, I, all of your points are very, very well made. I agree with all of them. But one thing for me is, I almost see this as a conversation between, or a meeting of minds between you have, um, you know, the, the two of them. Yeah, Alexia's kind of mind is very much more um, nimble and much sharper, and that's almost the harpsichord dancing around from mm. from you know point to point and kind of really moving through whereas those those melodramatic piano notes are are alfred just being this complete opposite end it's almost kind of stagnant compared to what hers is how how, um and how fluid her thoughts are Uh, it's almost like it for me it's almost like a conversation between the two of them um i think but i definitely agree I, i think you're right in terms of all of the other bits there's there's all of the things that you mentioned that are very very evocative in this and it's again for such a small area of the game it's it's really punchy it's really strong it kind of is really evocative and it's really um it's exactly what it needs to be to kind of give you that sense of of uneasiness of kind of revelation on of really making its mark while it can because it's not around for a long time yeah i think um it's one of those ones where it's like you it's you know it's an important room because it just has it has its own theme and as you say it's a Mm. short area it didn't necessarily need if you like that but at the same time it definitely did like it makes it stand out it makes it feel important because it has its own thing and again it's just another example why i love doing these because i've sort of tried to slave over these notes trying to make sense of my sort of feelings on these tracks and then you come up with something like you know the sort of musical conversation which makes me now have to go back and listen to it again and be like oh damn you're right (laughs) all right number five is a moment of relief Yeah, I'll be that person. I'll put the save room theme in. I know uh, not everyone on the team is uh, uh, as willing to do it, but as I said earlier, with the, the, the steps that soundtracks were making in video games at the time, it's, it's not a big leap away, but it is deeper um, and warmer than the save themes you had before. In fact, it's uh, it pretty much has no tension to it, which I think is quite interesting. After RE2 and RE3... Um, their save room themes are a little bit threatening in the background, which obviously was kind of the brilliance of them, especially RE3s, I think. Um, but this Code Veronica doesn't have it. It's it's a bit more inviting and a bit more relaxing as a save theme. Um, 
Personally, I think Code Veronica is a bit more of a challenging game because maybe that's just because it's longer and there are a, a few points where the game can really sort of like screw over your own run if, if you don't know what you're doing. Um, so getting to a save room and actually getting a moment to take a moment of relief <laughs> uh, feels nice. Uh, one sort of theory I would have for the, this save room being less threatening than the others is kind of the location of the game. Um RE1, big, scary, spooky house where something has happened, but you don't know what, and there's monsters roaming around. RE2 and 3, you're in the destroyed city. There are things out there looking to get you. Um, it's it's just a, a post-apocalyptic mess. Code Veronica, the setting, is still lived in and still sort of maintained by at least one person. Um, so that is perhaps why it, it feels kind of plush and lavish, and it makes me think of reds and golds, <laughs> and that save room in the palace specifically um it's it's still an area that's not completely in disarray so perhaps it should feel a little bit more inviting yeah i for me the, I, I appreciate what you're doing with this the save theme um i'm not sure about the the glorious pun in the middle of there but, <laughs> but, but no in, in terms of so for me, there's a really interesting track i think it's definitely really rich and warm it does feel lovely but i think at some point during the playing time of it, it kind of makes the switch from from save room to almost this kind of anime romance kind of level, which I'm not <laughs> sure. I can easily imagine kind of a love lawn teenagers in a coffee shop somewhere, and it's it's. I think, I think for me that kind of breaks it a little bit away from some of the others. But it's also interesting because when you're talking about obviously you know Alfred is still here and everything else, he is that love lawn anime teenager. Yeah, so <laughs> perhaps true. at that point it really kind of fits. <laughs> Like yeah, he he's built it up in that way. So, so there you are. So again, not really kind of breaking the theme, and it's not exactly the most uh, egregious kind of use of it. So it's quite fun. It's not it's not awful by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's one. It's certainly one of the uh, the stronger themes from the opening, at least. I know it's kind of um, it's one of the save room themes that a lot of people will absolutely love it and will swear that it's one of the best. And some people will just. Not, not interested. Well, speaking of not interested, I, I, I have to take some sort of like egregious action against all these comparisons you're making to between me and Alfred so far. That's too, <laughs> that's too so far. I'm not making any of them. You are. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm just telling you my opinion, and you're the person going, "Oh my god, that's me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll leave you with that. Oh dear. Okay, number four is a big one. Number four is The Suspended Dull. This one was hard not to have even higher, to be honest. Um, and I think this is one of those tracks that stands out to a lot of people. It is sort of quintessential horror music. It has like an endlessly repeating piano line. It makes you think of stuff like Halloween uh, and The Exorcist, uh, Tubular Bells, that kind of stuff. It's got, uh, sort of mentioned on a previous one, the strange unearthly perca- percussion sort of in the background somewhere. It feels like thunder clapping. It's got this organ that sort of rises and falls as you ascend the staircase of this like 
what we can assume was a once great, beautiful, well-kept house and is now covered in dust and spiderwebs. And when you reach the top, you find that gigantic doll, which is really weird. And it's still weird because it's never been explained why that's there, what it is. And obviously, with some interpretations of horror, with a lot of interpretations of horror, not knowing is the scariest thing, which I think this track absolutely says. It's a, it's a lot about not knowing. It's also a lot about feeling unwelcome same with the same with the uh with the save room theme it's the earlier games are you're the last survivor in a zombie city and everything out there is going to eat you if as soon as you step through that door this is you know you're in somebody's home they live here they lived or still live here we don't know you're trespassing upon someone who has very clearly dark secrets and lives in a very strange reality that's not quite like your own yeah i think um yeah, I, for me, this is. Uh, I, I probably would. I, I would have been really tempted, to be honest, to put this as number one. Uh, I I love this track, um, and for me, I don't even need to necessarily add anything on other than it's got such amazing Castlevania themes for it me. It really does. Um, it, it's it's literally it's a Castlevania track, but it's not. That's not a criticism in the slightest. Um, I think it's really, really, really good. I, I can I can only really just nod along uh, to what you're saying on this one. It's brilliant. I think any if you can say about any soundtrack, it's like Castlevania. That's obviously that's a compliment, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I yeah no. This was one of the ones where it was like this. This could have really been anywhere higher. It's it, it was in the top three for a long time. Um, it, it's yeah. just taken a lot of repeat listens to finally cement it. Uh, but unfortunately, just missed the cut. So number three is opening, Chris. Something upbeat, at least something different. And I think this... I don't know if this will be like a, this, the surprise pick, I think, perhaps. But the more I listened to this, I just fell in love with it more and more. Like, in isolation, as well as where it takes place. This is Chris's theme music, as far as I'm concerned. It, it, it should have been from this point onwards. It, it should always come back. Um, just when everything seems lost in the game, Claire's been taken out, uh, we suddenly... Swap over to one of the best cutscenes in Code Veronica as Chris literally climbs the side of a cliff to save his sister. I always like, uh, sort of, I dislike that Chris is on the front cover of Code Veronica. I wish that his uh, entrance in this game was a surprise. I feel like that's the way it should have always been. At the halfway point, you feel everything's lost and Chris steps in and you get to go, yes, out loud. You do your Daniel Bryan when you hear this music because it's so triumphant. And it feels like the coming out party for the Chris that would go on to be the forefront of the series from this point onwards, really. Because we talked about RE1 Chris before, and he's kind of a dope. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. kind of a bit goofy. He's not really that heroic. From, from Code Veronica onwards is really when he sort of starts cutting his teeth in terms of that personality. Um, and most importantly, the sort of second half of what is essentially, I think it's 48 seconds, references the opening theme from the beginning of the game which is going to come up again which is is actually quite important 
But more than anything, it, it tells you that, and this is a very dated reference, it, it's time to take the tape out and, and swap it over and put it back in for side B because you aren't done. You're halfway there. It, it's time for the other half of the story. Uh, so it's a cool mirror to have sort of that melody at the beginning and the halfway point. I mean, a special mention that you've got your own jab back now. I now feel appropriately old in the sense of take the tape out and put in type <laughs> B. Realistically, I can remember doing that all too easily. So well, that's the probably a dad. are on the other side, isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the B sides. Yeah. Um, so no, it, I, I, you know, this this feels to me it it feels very much like the um, it's very of its time. I can easily imagine this in generic Hollywood action movie at Absolutely. this point. Like you know, it, it it definitely fits. I mean, it works for, exactly for that reason, um, and it fits in. I don't know personally for me, I would have perhaps liked, and I don't. I think this is also an impossible go. I will say. Uh, for it to have a bit more of a nod to RE1, because if I uns- if my memory serves, this is that would have been the previous time you would have seen Chris. Yes, yeah. Um, and I mean, outside of you know maybe a sort of special mode on certain mm-hmm. versions of of RE2, but but um, but yeah, I, I perhaps I would have liked a little bit more of a nod to sort of some sort of music uh, notes or some sort of build from RE1. But at the same time, I don't know how feasible that would be because RE1 isn't that kind of soundtrack. So right. So yeah. It's, it's it's a it's definitely fits it fits the scene it's it's solid I don't know I would have put it um ahead of you know ahead of old Dollface but it's still pretty good <laughs> that's their name now um yeah no I can see where you're coming from definitely I don't yeah I don't know how you do that what piece of music you could maybe take and sort of put it in a major key and if even mm. if you you might not even notice by the time you've done that that it is a reference right yeah I agreed the only thing that maybe you could do somehow is <laughs> reference the uh I don't even know what the name of the music is but the thing that plays with the basically like the casting call at the beginning of RE1 Chris Murphy <laughs> cheesy baseline I can't help but feel if literally it suddenly cut to that and it's like Chris Redfield. like that would have been a, it's almost like you've just selected your character in like in some sort of fighting game yeah. just suddenly appears a new challenger appears it's Chris Redfield I, I, me thinks that might take the wind out of the sail of this game if you went <laughs> slightly different direction all of a sudden. Yeah, so it's some sort of thing. Um, and yeah, they wouldn't be Australian smoking either, so definitely can't do that. <laughs> there we are. So number two is the theme of Alexia, Type B. <laughs> So this one, uh, so there's two Alexia fight themes, and and really I just think this one is better. It's kind of hard to say exactly why. Um, I suppose if, in terms of evolving a boss theme, I suppose it must be tempting to make just everything bigger and more over the top. But this isn't a headache. It's got room to breathe. Um, It's it kind of flows sort of majestically. Uh, You've got this rolling piano that sort of leads the charge. and the choir, which is a not something that we talked about too much, but is dotted all around the Code Veronica soundtrack. Um, and it sort of leads the main melody here. I listened to this back today and sort of picked even more out of it than 
I have before. There's sort of almost like maybe three references going on in this. It opens with uh, some brass, coincidentally, playing what sounds like the RE2 leitmotif, just those three notes. Oh. Don't know if that's intentional or not. Maybe it is. The main melody is obviously the melody of Code Veronica, the, the music box, lullaby. But then about halfway through, you get the melody that I just mentioned from opening Chris, the sort of like, if you like, Redfield melody that plays in opening Claire and opening Chris. It comes in in the final, the final boss fight. And I didn't realise that at first. And the more I listen to it, it, it feels like that lullaby reference, which is the theme music for Alfred and Alexia, that the first time you hear it, properly is that video of them as kids and it's doing battle with this theme music that plays in the opening movie for claire and chris so this was already my number two pick and then today i heard that i was like wow this is actually even better than i gave it credit for uh, which makes it feel even more like a culmination of the whole game um i love stuff like that in music and i'm sure said that before which is one reason why I love Code Veronica's soundtrack so much is reoccurring melodies and how they're used in different ways. I just love any soundtrack that can find a way to take something and do something different with it later. Um, even if you only realize it subconsciously or <laughs> apparently 20 years later in this case. Yeah, I this uh, this is literally what a track this is. Uh, he says failing to find words and then ending up with a really cliche statement but what a track this is it, i think for me one of the one of the things that makes this so absolutely brilliant is that it so effortlessly combines so many instruments so much instrumentation that just does not belong together in mm. any way shape or form and it is this chaotic wild ride like li- you can listen to this it doesn't matter what you are doing you're just completely swept up in it you just literally you 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 will have to swim or you will sink by this thing because it's just so chaotic and there's so much going on that it will just blow you away and I I love that like what's really interesting for example is is that military snare comes back in this yeah and you almost miss it like there's so many bits that sort of come into this and it does feel because of that it feels like what you've talked about with the themes it feels like a culmination of the entire game when you get to this point like everything is thrown in there and somehow thriving like it, it's not like a you could think like, oh wow, that must be a real mess. It's got like a military snare in there. It's got the Redfield theme. It's got kind of you know what's going on in terms of you know other uh, in terms of the main game themes and everything else. Yeah, no, no, it's just all somehow existing alongside each other. If my my particular feelings on the Chris one we had before is is that it's a bit more of a phoned in kind of effort that kind of just fits the convention of the time. This, by comparison, is where someone sat down and went, right, I'm going to write a theme. I'm actually going to write this thing and really spend a lot of time making this absolutely perfect. Um, and it just blows up the entire thing as a result. It really elevates the entire product. I can't... Yeah, it's just really, really brilliant. It is it is a testament to the composer or composing team on this game that they managed to put mm-hmm. off. Because as I say, it, it doesn't feel over the top. But as you say, it's complete chaos at the same time like it could have been a headache but it it's just a, yeah it's i it it's a stroke of genius and it in a, in a strange way it kind of reminds me of your big classic sort of like i was gonna say prog rock but like classical music does it anyway either way but like a big overture it has all the, the like you know when stuff starts with an overture it's telling you all the themes that are gonna occur it's kind of like the reverse of that it makes me wonder if they wrote this first and then sort of reused all those themes later, or if it really was, right, we've done the soundtrack, how do we end this thing? Uh, it's quite a task, 
but yeah, they've absolutely pulled it off, as evidenced by the number two slot. And it was always right, right up there, to be honest. Hmm. All right, so the number one goes to the Palace of the Insane. I think a lot of people probably saw this one coming. Um, when I think of each Resident Evil game, and specifically the music, I think all of the early Resident Evil games, they all stand out because they all have a few similar pieces of music. Each of them have a save room theme, each of them have a final boss, obviously, and each of them generally tend to have hub music. And I do so love a good piece of hub music, especially when it feels like a hub <laughs> it sounds like I'm just talking nonsense at this point. But it makes me think of, you know, the front hall of the RPD in particular. And I know that the palace isn't the hub of Code Veronica. It's not even really that big of a location. The island's sort of the hub. But it feels like the heart of the island. And when you arrive there, you get the cutscene. Sort of just a brief, sort of like, I think it's literally just like a tracking up of the camera, which is very similar to RE2 when you get in the... Uh, RPD for the first time and then the music kicks in and it really tells you this is sort of like the beating heart of of everything that's going on at least in this island Um, and kind of in in a similar way to the last century there's a lot of stuff going on in this doing its own thing Um, but obviously it's much less pulse poundy and a bit more sort of wandering meandering there's loads of stuff that just sort of swells around you and goes off in its own directions all these instruments kind of sound sort of lost or strained. The strings, this is something we talked about with RE1, a lot of the strings just rise and then suddenly die. Um, some of the piano lines mm. seem like they're going to make sense and then they just sort of go out of kilter at the end, sort of in unexpected ways. And at one point, sort of in the background, there's these like string stabs that sound like the classic psycho murder theme, which I don't know if that was intentional or not, but if it was, it's obviously sheer brilliance considering who lives here. I just think it's yeah. a a perfect example of wonderfully constructed atmosphere um, to the point where not only does it hold up today, I think, and this is probably going to be an unexpected statement for people listening, I think if you reorchestrated this with 2021 levels of quality and you put this over uh, Castle Dimitrescu from RE Village, it would work wonders. Uh, it would still work wonders today. I... I it goes right up there for me with some of the best sort of leading pieces of Resident Evil music. When I think of Code Veronica, this is immediately what comes to mind. Yeah, I I think I've got to echo everything you've just said in your own way. I this this for me works in the same way of brilliance as you have with you know with all of the hub themes. It's a really good term actually, hub themes. It, it works in the same brilliant st- evocative storytelling way. Um, that all of them do like it, literally every every instrument is I, I almost see this as every instrument is is like the footsteps out there somewhere like you know in another room like mm. another survivor trying to escape it's a roar of something as it kind of hunts somebody down it's you know the, the sort of the sort of meandering or kind of you know dying strings are kind of 
they, they are a gust of wind going down a corridor or a door slamming shut or something. Yeah, they are they are memory of these things happening. So much stuff. Like if you think back to various different hub themes, all of them they're all suggestive. They all suggest something is wrong here, something bad has happened here. They they all they all work in a way that kind of makes the you know, builds suspense, builds intrigue, makes you want to explore. They're really carefully constructed, really well-formed um, pieces of music, which not only that, but also at the same time give you a sense of comfort. Why? Because you know you're not getting attacked while you're here. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but that just, but that doesn't mean, it's not like a save room where it's like an absolute relief. It's more like, okay, I can get a breath. I'm still not safe, but I can now start to... And this kind of informs your decision. Where do I want to go next? I have this pressing need to go on. Whereas a save room is very much like, a, okay, stop, breathe, you're safe. Like, you know, the tyrant can't come in here. You know, or, or you know, you, you're know, you safe from this or that or whatever else. This is very much, you've reached a checkpoint, but you've got to keep on going. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that is absolutely without doubt one of the best, strongest things that Resident Evil games do without, without compare. And it, what's really interesting for me is... Is something you said there, which is you said about, you know, this isn't really the hub of Resident Evil Code Veronica. It kind of is. Everything spills out from a lot of this stuff, mm. and and I think, yeah, it, it's just I am a really I, I agree with you entirely about the strength of what this is, and yeah, it's just a really, really, really solid track, and and yeah, it's 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 a nice piece to finish this list on, I think. Except for the part where I'm sure we have some honourable mentions, but it's a nice piece to finish the list <laughs> on anyway. I do. I do have a couple. Um, one that I considered putting on this was Induction, which is the piece of music that plays in the military prison. Um, and I wondered if that was kind of just nostalgia because it's one of the earliest pieces of music uh. in the game. So you hear it quite a lot, especially when you have to backtrack into that area quite a few times. Um, but it's wonderfully moody for an area that is... Uh, an introduction to the game sort of re the reintroduction of the zombies obviously you get them literally rising from the grave in this game um, and it's quite a dark area visually as well you know, in terms of literally shadows and night and stuff like that so it's very suitable for the area the other one that stands out perhaps quite an odd one it's quite a short loop is Set Free which is the piece of music that plays right at the end of the game when you get your ranking um, I think I've probably said this in a previous podcast probably the Code Veronica one funnily enough um and I know this is a different opinion to most, and I totally respect that. Um, for me, the original trilogy of Resident Evil isn't necessarily 1, 2, and 3. And I understand why people say that. It's, it's the Raccoon City trilogy. For me, the trilogy is the Redfield trilogy. It's 1, 2, and Code Veronica, where the, both those characters come together. So this, again, in a, in a way that the boss theme, the final boss, feels like a culmination of everything going on in the game. This is just a lovely piece of music to sort of end that era of the Redfields, they finally have found each other. Um, and as far as we know, at this point in the game, they're going to team up to take out Umbrella, which obviously plot things happen and that's not necessarily the way it goes. But to see the ranking screen of Chris and Claire together, finally, and this music playing over top, I just, I always like that moment. It feels like, and especially because obviously everything that would follow after this game is where things started to change. Um, we, we went back for the remake and then we had RE4. So it does feel like a nice tying up of that era to me in a strange way. Yeah, I yeah, that's fair. I think that's um I I don't really necessarily have too much to add there. Um I agree about induction. Uh that probably would have made my I think that probably would have made uh my top 10 purely because of the nostalgia of it to be mm -hmm. honest, uh, exactly as you've mentioned. 
um i must admit as soon as you said yeah i'll i you know, do you want to sit down and help me through this one i was like yeah sure and i that's immediately what started playing in my head if i'm honest so yeah definitely understand you on that one uh set free less so much for me um purely because you know it, it just doesn't stand out as much i actually had to look this one up to remember what it was yeah um compared to all of the others but um which kind of got there but um but yeah and just a side note on that one actually i think the reason why everyone uh refers to the original trilogy is because it's the brad vickers trilogy uh no one gives a <laughs> shit about the numbers they just they're mostly just interested about the fact he is yeah it's brad one two three you know <laughs> um <laughs> no i think for me that the one that's actually really interesting that didn't make it on here um is the nosferatu track it was that... very, again one of those ones that was just really really close really close mm. Yeah. yeah, do you know, it, do you know what's so interesting? Because because that for me, that might even have like got that probably would have got into the top three for me. Wow. Um, I really, really, yeah. I, there's something about that track which just hits all the right spots. And but all the time I've ever played the game, I remember play, I played I played like Code Veronica like once I think around my friend's house. I literally completed it in one evening. I, we came back from the pub. And this is a long, long while ago. And pretty much he passed out drunk. And I just sat there, crashed at his house, playing Code Veronica until the <laughs> early hours of the morning. And um, and yeah, I remember like for you know months afterwards, I could hear that track in my head. It mm. really resonated with me. And I don't know. I honestly can't tell you whether it's because I died a bunch of times or whether I just found myself playing that for a particularly long time, or there's just something about that that really sort of you know caught me. But but that for me is is a track, and that's a very personal subjective thing, obviously. But but yeah. Otherwise, I think it's a, a pretty solid list. I don't necessarily disagree with most of the stuff on here, if anything. Maybe not Chris, but otherwise, in terms good. of um, Nosferatu, to be fair, it's one of those things where, with video game music, if someone says the title or something like that of a theme, it doesn't always necessarily spring to mind. It's not like a, a you know, an actual album produced by a band or mm. an artist where you can flip over the CD or the whatever you've got and look at the track names. Um, but with, when you say Nosferatu theme myself and i'm sure everybody listening to this immediately just it pops in their head so yeah it is one of those pieces of music it was it was dangerously close to being on here to be honest uh who knows if i'd given if i had another week maybe my entire list would be different and it would have cropped up on there but thank you for joining me sherwin um everyone in the comments hit them up let me know what you liked and didn't like about this list where would you place uh these tracks or not at all in fact what would you have swapped in and out as always it's objective but we do want to hear your opinions let us know what other games you want to cover in the series in this format as well and let us know where the code veronica soundtrack ranks for you because personally i think it is uh one of the strongest ones and i know that's a pretty popular opinion as well other than that make sure you subscribe for more content and if you support us on patreon you can get episodes of now that's what i call survival horror a month early Thanks, everyone, and have a good week.